Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. I'll I'll smile now since we're now being, now we're recording. Now we're recording. (laughs) Ta-da! Okay, (laughs) so I want to welcome today to Gay With God, um, my friend Katie Kirkpatrick. We've known each other for a very, very long time. I keep being reminded how old I am by how long I've known people and by the memories that come up on Facebook. And I'm like, no way, that can't be that long ago. But it really (laughs) has. I don't know the exact year that Katie and I, um, see, I'm going to call you Katie because Penny calls you Katie. Uh, <laughs> it's Fine by me. I Katie. answered everything. Sometimes we just call her best. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so she's with me today and she's agreed to tell her faith journey story that's a little bit different maybe than the ones you've heard so far on this podcast. And that's why I'm so excited that she's here, because I think I want to represent all of our journeys, that we have waves of journeys. You know, there are times that we're really into God, and there are times we're not into God, and there are times that, you know, I doubt, and there's times that I'm angry. And, you know, it's a gamut. It's not a, it's not a straight shot. It's a windy, curvy, bumpy road. And wherever you are on that journey, and whatever is your truth is what I want to tell. And my belief is that, most of us have a difficult time because of how it all started with us and how we were received and what was going on in the day and the time when we were coming out, how gay people were treated, how some of our friends were treated, what happened in our family. So that's why I really love telling and listening to these stories is because there's somebody else out there that's struggling just like we have, and we sometimes still do. So I don't think we always just arrive at a destination with our journeys. I think it is always a work in progress, and we take it where it is. So, Kathy, I really, really appreciate you being here, and I love you so much, and I just am so glad that we're able to spend this time together and that you're willing to tell your story. So, um, as always, we kind of start in the beginning, like, you know, when did you know you were gay? and Take us from there. Okay. Well, um, in my family, we, I mean, it was not even, I, didn't, I never had a word for it for years. I mean, mm-hmm. like in the high school, it just, I don't know. It just was never a, a thing really. Um, but I knew back as like in kindergarten that uh, wow. something was, something was different because I would get physically, not physically excited, like a, an adult gets physically excited, but my breath would catch like uh, when my female teachers would cross, would put their hand over the heart for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I mean, that was kind of, I thought, why is that? But it was just, but I remember that. And I was thinking, that's my favorite part of school. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, it was just like, wow, but what is that? But, and I would love that. I don't know why. Um, and then I remember, you know, always wanting to be around the girls, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that, um, that, that I knew was different. I wanted to play with the boys, you know, because, uh-huh. you know, I was rough and tumbly and quote unquote tomboy. And, you know, I love the the sports and the running around and the playing cops and robbers and, and uh-huh. all of that. Uh-huh. Um, but with 
conversations and things like that, I always wanted to be with the girls. And there's always seemed to be one or two girls that I was especially drawn to. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was in a way that was different, but I I could, again, I I couldn't, I didn't have the words for it. I didn't have anything for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember being so in love with Ms. Dungy, uh, my brother's (laughs) first grade teacher. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) She was just absolutely, you know, fantastic. And I was in middle school at that time because he's, you know, six years younger than me, seven years younger than me. Um, And I can remember having a really good friend, Laura, that my parents actually said, you guys, you guys can't hang around each other anymore. You're getting too close. And um, so I think they had some idea Uh of what was going on. Uh, But again, I didn't know what they meant by too close. I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? Uh And she's, and they tied it up with, you're making poor decisions around her. Um, not that she's making you make poor decisions, but I, and I always loved that about my parents. It was not uh-huh. her making me do things. Uh-huh. She said, you make poor decisions when you're around Laura. And we did uh-huh. get into some trouble. I mean, I must, I must admit, we didn't, <laughs> I didn't always make the best decisions, but I'd made those same decisions with other friends and I was still allowed to hang out with them. Uh-huh. Um, I was just a poor decision maker at that time, very impulsive and prone to get in trouble and, to, <clears throat> you know, that sort of thing. Um, uh-huh. It was around that time that I knew something was dramatically different. I began wondering why, why is this mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in sixth grade. Why am I not liking boys at all, uh-huh. at all? And all my, my friends were like, oh, isn't he so cute? And I'm like, uh-huh. eh, not yeah. so much, you know, I don't know yeah. what's, what's cute. Now you're cute, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that sort of thing. And it was around that time I remember that the Methodist church, maybe a little bit later, the Methodist church, where I grew up Methodist. Um, my parents are very involved in the Methodist church, youth ministers. My dad was a, um, oh, a lay minister. Um, and, you know, I, I remember he would speak some, he would do the, the sermon sometimes when we were at church, or he would also, we would travel to other churches hmm. when their minister was on vacation. And he would do lay ministry and things like that. So I, I, I grew up in the Methodist church, very involved, uh-huh. but never really hearing anything at home a lot. I mean, it was more like an activity you did, not an activity you felt. Does that make, does that make sense? So it, it was something you did in front of people, nothing you did as a family. It's not like you had family devotions or had discussions exactly. about scripture at home exactly that's exactly right we would say you know we would always hold hands in the get dinner at meals and pray and okay. you know thank you know, god god is great god is good that sort of thing um but that was it um my dad really liked the intellectual part the digging into uh the bible into uh you know writings about the bible and all of that my mom really liked the social part um but it was just something we did nothing we lived if that and that's yes. I think you've, you've done that and um and you know me Midge I'm not a very reflective person I don't <laughs> connect emotionally with a lot of things um it's I just kind of do life I don't <laughs> I don't feel life all that uh-huh. much I'm really on the very even keel spectrum um uh-huh. when I get mad I get irritated and I might cuss and you know shout a bit and then two seconds later, I'm back on an even keel. Uh, mm-hmm. If something upsets me, I may, you know, like when my dad died or something, you cry a little bit, but then I'm right back on an even keel. I'm never up. I don't have strong ups and downs at all. Um, I get really excited when the Washington football team wins. <laughs> and, and, and if they lose, I might, I might be down for a day. That's, that's yeah. about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
this and that. So, so I never really connected on an emotional level with the church. I do remember that at some point, either late middle school, early high school, maybe that the Methodist church was talking about possibly ordaining um, what they called homosexuals at that time. And I remember the comment my mom made, if, if they decide to ordain those people, we'll have to leave that church. Wow. And um, that's, that hit me because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, I had to look that up. What is a homosexual? And I said, what are you mean? Oh my God. You know, that, that mm-hmm. maybe she's talking about me. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, well, okay. That, on to something else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's the blip. <laughs> but it was about that time. I really started smoking. I really started drinking. Um, I am a recovering alcoholic. I am a recovering drug addict. Um, and I, and there at some point there must be some connection. I haven't stopped to think about it, but you know, <laughs> I know that that is kind of a, a life thing that with a lot of us go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that's probably as I'm thinking, you know, back on it now that that's probably mm-hmm. kind of what, what started me into this. Oh my God, who am I? I'm, yeah. I'm effed up. You know, I'm, I, I have a person, my mother doesn't want ordained in the ministry. So mm-hmm. that must be, must be a horrible type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I know, I don't dwell on it. I'm just like going through life, you know, uh, you know doing my thing, um, <laughs> doing my thing. Exactly. I'm, I'm in high school now. I'm in the marching band. I'm in the symphonic band. I'm in the jazz band. I'm skipping school to go drinking and fishing with a buddy of mine who also turned out to be lesbian. Um, you know, that was it. And then I'd come back for, for band practice at night. Cause you know, I mean, after school, cause I, I love the band. Um, and so I, you know, band was one of the things that really kept me going in school and not that and my parents would just kill me if <laughs> if something had happened to that if, not, if I not had parents that were very much on the you were, are going to college you are expected to do well academically um that sort of thing we were also highly involved in the scouts um girl scouts boy scouts uh, I grew up in the scouting program um and my parents were very emotionally attached to scouts which I thought was an interesting thing. They were highly involved. They both won the Silver Beaver, which is the highest award a volunteer and scouts can get. Wow. Um, and so were, that's how involved we were with scouts. I went all the way through cadets. I went into seniors a little bit, senior scouts, um, but it just, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I was doing the emotions again. I was just kind of going through, not really connecting with them until I found um, somebody in the scout trip that I thought, oh, Ooh, I like her. Uh, so it was, you know, there's that old joke, you know, I was in scouts, got kicked out for eating a brownie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. that. <laughs> Thanks for that. You know, um, <laughs> but being military, that's also, you never are around folks a long time. Right. Um, either you're moving out or they're moving out. Yeah. So I never really learned to develop long-term relationships Mm -hmm. which is another aspect you know you learn to get in you make friends you make them fast you connect on a couple of things like sports or whatever um and then if you're moving in there they're probably going to be moving out in six months right right um so that's the the kind of thing that that i was also trying to figure out you can't you're not making deep deep friendships for life i I can't remember anybody um except the the person i went to friend to fishing with Mm. um Bonnie I can remember 
she's the only friend I really still have from high school and we've lost touch, but she's the one that we've, that I was in touch with the longest. Hmm. Facebook's changed that a bit, but she and I would visit each other college after college, um, uh-huh. you know, that sort of thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh-huh. And then I, then I got into college. I went to Greensboro College. Um, and that's where I, I really began to, to, to actually fall in love four years there. I mean, made pretty good friends with, uh, not pretty good friends, uh, Ginger and I actually became lovers at that time. But she was a junior, so she wasn't, you know, you know, we were there for a couple of years and I still didn't have a real word for it. I mean, yeah. I, the words just weren't in my life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now they're all over the place. Right. Right. But <laughs> nobody talked about it back then. Nobody talked about it. Nobody said there's something like being gay or mm-hmm. lesbian or, mm-hmm. or dyke or any of those things. And if they weird. did, there were those connotations that were so ugly, like, you know, them saying we won't ordain those people or right. <clears throat> I was in youth group one time and they equated and, and we were young. It was like we might have been teenagers, but it, it feels like I was even a little bit younger than that, maybe middle school. And they equated homosexuality with having sex with animals. So even though yeah. I didn't have. I mean, I had never even heard about a homosexual. And then we had this class and that's what they equated to. And I'm like, well, I'm not good. I'm not that. <laughs> Certainly not that. Exactly. I can go with the plaid and the wide belt all day long. But exactly. And so I knew the word homosexual, but the word gay wasn't out there. Dyke mm-hmm. wasn't out there, at least not in my circles. Right. Um, and there certainly wasn't like, oh, that's so gay, which isn't a, a and yeah. now it's the, the, the thing. Yeah, well, we're kind of passing through that. We have yeah. passed through that and trying to get yes. on the other side of that. Yes. But, um, but that was the thing for years. That's just okay. You know, but that wasn't there. Mm-mm. You know, I'm 60 years old. Come on. You know, that wasn't mm-hmm. there that back then. No. Um, and so I, I still had no words for it. Uh-huh. But, um, and that was in, in high school and in college. But I, uh, you know, had a relationship with gender. We tried it to go on a little bit after college, but she kept saying, this isn't right. This isn't right. Because she's also from a very religious background. Yeah. Um, yeah. Georgia, Alabama area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was coming through things. Now, now this is how naive I, I, I was at the time. Um, she and a friend, Lisa, had come up to college together. And they were, I think, romantically involved, but not physically involved. Um, and then when Ginger and I started getting together, you know, also Lisa's jealousy. So she, she wrote the word butch on my, on the, you know, those little pads you have yep. outside your door that you write yep. notes to people. She wrote okay. the word butch. And I thought, she's so stupid. She can't even spell the word bitch. <laughs> that's good. That's how, that's how naive I was about right. the verbiage right. surrounding who I was and what I was doing and, and all of that. That's just, uh-huh. I mean, that's just how naive I was and, and mm-hmm. innocent about the verbs, not necessarily about the actions because, oh man, I was not naive about that at all uh-huh. at that point. Um, I knew I was, I was in love with her. We did have a physical relationship, that sort of thing. But about the words and everything, I just, I'm like, uh-huh. that's how stupid I was. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, so when, when Ginger graduated, we tried a little bit, but then she, she, then she was having her religious issues. Uh-huh. And said, so, you know, we, we can't do the physical part anymore. I still love you, but and I'm like, but 
you know, I love you too, but come on, that's, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we actually split up, um, not very amicably. We are now friends, but not at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, and I got with, um, a second lover, Sandy, and was with her for a couple of years. Again, she was, I had this knack of what I thought at that time. I didn't realize Ginger was going to stick, stick lesbian, but she eventually did. But I was like, man, I got this knack for, for these, these looking back on it now, not at the uh-huh, time, uh-huh. not thinking about it at the time. At the time I was like, whatever, I'm in love with this person. Sounds great to me. But looking back on it, I had this knack of like turning straight women. <laughs> That's oh. kind of it. I was like, I've got all these toasters from this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so Sandy was another one. And she's actually, she's turned out very straight. Um, there's a whole story around that. And my current, my wife at this point, um, um, Sandy's now married to my wife's ex-husband. Oh, wow. Um, we, moved, we moved in next door. And oh, so, wow. Yeah, Sandy and I moved in to the house next door to Penny and, and Randy. And um, we all became very close friends. And then Penny started chasing me. I'm like, I'm not going there. No, I am not. I am not. And she wore me down. Um, was, it, was, it was in 1986. She wore me down and called me. Okay. And, um, so she and Randy broke up and I'm, I'm not doing this. Uh, two kids, all of that sort of thing. But then it was funny. She and Randy and Sandy got together and Penny and I got together and they're, we're still together. They're still together. Wow. So I think it was kind of that life was meant to, to yeah. be with this now. Now, during this all this time in college, I, you know, I found the First Baptist Church, which is close to Greensboro College. And I had, you know, it's a religious college. Mm-hmm. Um, Greensboro College is a Methodist college. And um, I had um, some friends that were heading, would go over there. So I would go over there with them on, on Sundays. And I'd put my little skirt on, a little dyke and drag thing going yeah. on here. <laughs> you know, and again, at this point, I'm like, I don't have the words. I don't really this is not for me. I had not realized this is who I am. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, I felt, I fell in love with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ginger and I, you know, would go to church, that sort of thing. And that's actually when I began to feel actually connected with, with God, with, with that. Um, that's when I started feeling the emotional pull because you could, I could see it in my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they were very emotionally attached to the church. Um, and and the church would play, play not only traditional music, but they also had some of the new um, praise and worship type uh, stuff. Now, this uh-huh. back, you know, seventy nine, eight, you know, that sort of area. area seventy nine, eighty, eighty one, because I graduated college in eighty three. Just to give you kind of a time frame. Um, so that's when I started going to church, and I decided, oh, you know, this is I get what people are talking about now. Mm-hmm. And got very involved with the, um, like the Bible studies at, at, in college at that point, the Bible studies at church. I actually chose to get baptized. I'd already been baptized as a kid. My parents had me baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, I actually chose to get baptized in the Baptist church. Uh, now, but Baptists, I don't know. Again, this is how naive I was. There was, there was yes, now I know <laughs> the Baptist church is not really friendly to to the LGBTQ community, most of them. Right. Uh, but back then, this was not, it was, and my lack of reflection, now let's just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. <laughs> you know? Yep. A little, a little, little, I think I've just kind of cordoned off parts of my life. Sure. And I would, you know, this is, 
this is where I, I am right now. I'm in love with Ginger, you know, and you can kiss her and all of that sort of thing. Now I'm at church and those two things don't really mix. And now I'm mm-hmm. in school and now, you know, uh-huh. um, got involved in clown ministry, uh, started a group on, on the campus. We called it uh, Rainbow, what was it called? Rainbows and Halos. Uh-huh. That was the clown ministry group that, that, you know, I started and got a lot of people involved with that. And again, now I feel very connected at that point. Um, and then I'm trying to remember, this is just something that, so that went on for like four years, very connected, uh, got out of college. I'm with Sandy at this point. Um, we're still, we're still, my dog's beginning to, to whine at the door. Give me a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what's happening now <laughs> is that. Kathy is getting up to close the door because her dogs are wanting to be a part of the podcast. And although we love all dogs here and, <laughs> and cats, we just want to make sure that everybody's happy. And now I get a very good visual. And now you're really upset that you cannot see what we're doing right now. Because this is, I get this is to- Zoe. She's a miniature dachshund. Oh, and she's black with some brown on her face. It's adorable. Okay. So she has welcomed the podcast. If you hear any it's grunting a- or sniffing, it's not <laughs> Kathy and me. <laughs> Well, it might be, but blame it on the dog. <laughs> um, okay, so I got out of college, and um, Sandy and I were still together. And uh, at this point, at some point, and I again, I don't remember all of this, but at some point, Sandy and I started going to college part, college place Methodist Church, okay, which is in Greensboro, mm-hmm. um, and it's right there at the at the uh, um, the college area, like right there at UNCG, Greensboro College. Uh-huh. That sort of like right across from the soccer fields, I think, or the baseball fields or something. Is Close, that it? Yeah, it's, it's, that? it's on the corner, Spring Garden oh, yeah. and um, okay. Cape Street. Okay. And so so we started going there. And I don't remember if I started going with Sandy or if by that time we'd moved in. I think, yeah, I started going with Sandy. Um, I was living in an apartment. Anyway, whatever. Um, and you know, along the way I was dating guys thinking, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Let me try to find a connection with guys and da, 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 da. I never could. <laughs> Surprise. I never yeah. could. There was not even a, there was not even a, a tidbit, no. uh, a centillion's worth no. of interesting guys, but I kept trying because that's kind of the thing you did. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Date guys and, and, you know, get married on the book. No, uh, that just wasn't working. I became the youth minister at St. John's Methodist somehow, and I don't remember the timing on this, so I may have done this before or after. I just just let you know my timing is screwed up a bit here mm-hmm. on, on this because by this time I'm a full fledged alcoholic, mm-hmm. I'm a full fledged addict, so my timing is, is skewed at this mm-hmm. at this point. So, um, and so at one point I was I became the youth minister at St. John's Methodist Church, which is over off, um, it's between Holden and Whitover in that area where the Mills, um, Outlet Mills apartments are now. And so I was the youth minister there for a while. And, and so I'm still really involved in the church, mm-hmm. um, still feeling um, some a bit of emotional, but more through the music. So at this mm-hmm. point, I, I really realized the connection I'm feeling to church is through the music mm-hmm. of church. Um, I was almost a music major. I am, music is very important to me. Um, and so it, the, the music kept drawing me and mm-hmm. I, 
and as, as you know, the youth ministry, we would do a lot of music stuff. Um, and, and, but, and I kept, I kept going, I'm trying to think now, hang on. Um, you know, we would have little scripture readings and, and little Bible studies and, and that sort of thing in the youth, but we were more service oriented. So we did a lot of service uh-huh. projects. We did a lot of, of things with music in the youth. Um, and at some point I began to realize this is, this isn't fe- feeling right. Something's uh-huh. not fitting. Um, and so I resigned that position. Um, and I guess that's when I started going to the Methodist church. Now, by this time, Sandy and I had moved in next door to Penny and Randy. Um, <laughs> the four of us had become close. Da, 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 da. And then in 86, we kind of made the switch of, of spousal partner things. Um, and so Penny and I would continue to go to the Methodist church. And we were highly involved with that. Um, I was director of the handbell choir. I uh, was um, the, I, I'm not a singer, but I, I'm very much into music. I was the director of this little um, praise and worship group that we that we had um, that would perform at the church. Um, we were you know, doing the Sunday school thing. I wasn't leading the Sunday school thing at that part, but I, could, I was very involved in the music part of it. Um, and helped with the youth group a little bit through that. And we made some very close friends through that. And so that kept me really connected and tied um, to the church. And then when Penny and I started realizing this, what what we've got going here is, you know, this is, uh, I don't know. I kind of had some sort of meltdown. And Penny just looked at me and she said, you you realize you're gay, right? (laughs) Say what? I do. I said, what? She goes, you're, huh? you're gay. And I said, thought about it for a second. I said, well, yeah, I, I guess I am. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, Check that off my and, list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's off the bucket list. Here we go. Um, that, you know, I had already quit doing, doing most of the drugs. Um, I was still doing speed a lot, but the rest of it I had quit doing. And at that point, I really started uh, beginning to figure out how to sober up mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing, because that was getting way out of control. But mm-hmm. like it hadn't always already been, but, you know, even more mm-hmm. so I was going to work wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm a teacher. I was a teacher at the time. Wow. <laughs> you don't really want your teachers being drunk or on speed at work. That would be um, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the Board of Ed kind of takes a dim view of that. Yes, uh, I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> you know, and then. I remember a time my grandparents were coming for a visit. They were driving through to go to my parents' house. They were from Mississippi and um, they stopped over and I got drunk before they got there. And I, you know, I, and Penny had to entertain them. <laughs> she just said, you know, this is, this is too much. You know, you gotta, uh-huh. something's gotta give here. Yeah. And um, so that's when I, you know, sobered up, um, quit drinking totally. Um and now I know that was in 1986. So this stuff, other stuff must have happened a little bit before then. Um, and I've been clean since then. I have not had a drop of alcohol since 1986. And this time we were still doing the church thing. Um, but we wanted to start. So, so, okay. So there was a, I'm still kind of in between Sandy and Penny at this point, kind of having the best of both worlds at that time. Um, and I had heard about a church that 
would, would was for gay people. And I was talking to Sandy about that. Sandy was a religion man. Um, so she's, she's very much into the church and all of that. And she said, a church for gay people. Now that, that's some re- revisionist history if I've ever heard it or, or what was that the word? It was not revisionist, it was, I don't even remember where the word, but very derisive, uh, her comment about the church. Uh-huh. And um, I thought, well, all right. So I mentioned it to Penny and she goes, well, you know, we should go. So at this time, Penny, uh, Sandy and I had totally broken up. Penny and Randy had totally broken up. Penny and I were absolutely together. Um, and so we decided to go. And that was uh, St. Mary's uh-huh. in Greensboro. And we were uh-huh. meeting at the uh, old Unitarian Church back yep. in the woods. In the woods. Uh, we're Scared the crap the out of me. In the, woods. We're all, you know, the rumor were all the Satanists. That's right. That's, That's right. <laughs> a little church in the woods. Um, and so we became very involved in that church. And the first time we got there, we were like, well, no, should we go in or not? You know, we we're just kind of sitting in the parking lot, but we looked at each other and said, we're here, let's, let's do it. And we were obviously very overdressed uh, for the church. It was very relaxed. Yeah. We were in church clothes. Um, and immediately started to feel very welcomed there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that church was what we needed at the time. It, it's okay to be who you are mm-hmm. and to be in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I got involved in the music program there, uh, became the choir director there. You were um, a great choir director, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some, some speaking, you know, some preaching from the pulpit. Um, mm-hmm. Penny never preached from the pulpit. She always saved her preaching for here at the house. At <laughs> <laughs> Whatever but, you know, works. She was, yeah, exactly. she was, um, she was, you know, involved in the church. And so we were involved in the church for mm-hmm few years um and then of course the church had some issues mm-hmm. yeah. and but at that time you know when at first it was very welcome it mm-hmm. felt very much like oh, okay we're, we're gonna make this we're okay um mm-hmm. penny and i had our holy union in that church mm-hmm. uh, it was illegal to be married at the time um and that was in the 1991 um and so we were just involved with that and even when I was writing sermons, you know, again, now I'm not at this point, I had kind of felt disconnected at some point during that. I felt disconnected from God. Um, but I could write a sermon. I could mm-hmm. I could preach the, 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 the talk. Um, but at this point, I'm, I, I don't know why I became disconnected yeah, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still very connected with music, which is kind of what kept me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music of, of the place, the, the, the spirit of the place. Um, and I cannot, I've looked back getting ready for this interview. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what, why I became disconnected again emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I just, I guess too many people just saying you can't be gay and you can't, and you can't mm-hmm. love God. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, all right whatever, but I still like the music. I still like the, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. you know, I like the spirituality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when it was time to preach, I could, I could make that connection long enough while I was writing a sermon and delivering it that I kind of felt connected at that point. But after that, like, I'm back to not, no, no real connection. So it was more so like guess, teaching. Yes. Yes. 
You were teaching people about this passage of scripture, but it wasn't an emotional connection to you feeling it from a God perspective. To me, it was like teaching social studies. Yeah. I got this, you know, Um, and I can be compassionate about um, the politics of it. I can be compassionate about, you know, what was going on, what not necessarily about a a clause in English, but about history I could, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, so that's kind of, yeah, you're right. And I, so at that point, I figured I'm, that's the most maybe what my dad felt like. He was mm-hmm. very drawn to the intellectual mm-hmm. piece of the church. Um, and that's what I was drawn to, the music and, and then the, the intellectual piece of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the other stuff, I was just like, to, to quote Karen Philbin, that's pretty yes. good. You know? <laughs> she puts <laughs> it right out there. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she did. She did. She did. So, so that sort of thing um, was that I'm, I'm with her on that, you know, that, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Um, but it was, we had made lots of friends. We had lots of connections there. You and I met through there. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, so that piece of it was, was very good. But then when the church started having its issues, um, uh-huh. we pulled away from that church uh-huh. and we actually, Penny and I and uh, the Davises and a few other people, um, actually started a church mm-hmm. in Kernersville mm-hmm. um, and it was called Amazing Grace Christian Church and I was very much involved in the operations of that um, did some preaching there because we didn't we didn't have a preacher of course I did music um, but it, it was again just the operations piece I was I like doing I like the doing mm-hmm. um, I like being involved in the doing and I like the leadership um, piece of it because you know, I eventually became a principal so I'm, I'm kind of drawn to leadership pieces uh-huh. of, of organizations uh-huh. I'm now the you know chair of the Democratic Party in Guilford County right. so the leadership yeah. pieces of it and being able to accomplish things through that right but it wasn't the emotional ties at all uh-huh. at this point I'm, I'm very much into the operations uh-huh. um, and making sure that the church is it seems like a good place for people and they're making getting getting what they need out of it and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. I guess you know um and that we had that church for several years Mm -hmm. and then you know it wasn't growing and we were you know beginning the financially it was it was getting to be too much for Mm -hmm. for what we were doing um and so we we closed the doors and at that point he's like well where do you want to go now I don't (laughs) I, I don't um and we went, where'd we go? I think we went, we tried, oh, I know, we tried Winston-Salem MCC uh, um, because she wanted to, and it was important uh-huh. to her. So, you know, we would go in Winston-Salem MCC. Um, we'd show up there for, you know, we tried that a little bit, but it just wasn't, I was not, I was personally not connecting uh-huh. at all. And that was me. I know that uh-huh. that wasn't anything the church was doing. Um and Penny was not real connected at that point because mm-hmm. I guess I guess she felt it from me. I don't know. I, I may have drawn her away from that. Um, but anyway, she she quit. We quit going there. Um, and and when it was, she's she's wanting to you know draw back. But at this point, her work schedule was such that the only day off we had together was Sunday. Mm. And I didn't want to get up and go to church. And and I said, "You're welcome. You're welcome to go go with the Davises." Who at this point were going. They stayed, they stayed in Winston for a while, and then they went to, they're at a Presbyterian church in, um, in, so between Winston and Kernersville, somewhere in that area. Um, 
And I said, you're welcome. You know, go, go. The Davises are there. I just, I just can't go. This is not at, at any, at any level where I want to be. Um, and she did for a little bit, but then she got tired of, because it was, again, our only day together. Because uh-huh. as, as an administrator, school administrator, you're, you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. So the evenings were not ours. Um, Saturday, she had to work. So that was really the only time we had together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she quit going. Um, and and so we got out of the habit of going. And I did not want to go at all. Mm-hmm. At this point, um, I had gotten, it started really beginning to think through what kind of God, you know, not in what kind of God. And I, I don't know the words. Let me think. Um, I kept thinking, this isn't, this can't be real. I mean, this mm-hmm. is like bullshit stuff. This is mm-hmm. not, you know, look at how the Bible was made. Okay, mm-hmm. so there are lots of writings that never made it in. And if you right. look to see how the Bible was canonized, you know, because I spent a lot of time, a lot of time with the MCC church and understanding how the history of the Bible came, how we became understanding how they, the Bible said, tells us that gay is bad, mm-hmm. which is not in the Bible at all. Right. It's not, you know, so I spent a lot of time on that. I spent a lot of time on, um, you know, with, with the founder of MCC and, and mm-hmm. talking through that and going to these conferences and, and learning academically about more about this Bible that we've you know, been living by and realizing it's just all crap. You know, it's they chose the passages they wanted to put in to control the masses. Yeah. Um, and that's and we know that. I mean, that's just fact. This is we know that's how they said that a, a group of men canonized what we now know as the Bible, left out the writings of women, right? Left out the writings of, of people who were um they deemed inappropriate or whatever, and they chose the canon that we live by supposedly as Christians and that it was all done to control me right and I'm I'm not going to be controlled you know (laughs) this is this is a true statement (laughs) (laughs) you know and you've done it in order to control the masses to have power over masses to be hegemonic to be misogynistic to be anti who I am. Um, And once I began to realize that, it was Troy Perry is probably sorry he ever taught me any of that stuff. (laughs) And for reference, Troy Perry is the founder of the MCC. Um, Because it just pulled me away. My my intellect was like, I had no emotional connection. My intellect was stronger. And I'm like, Wow. So I, I, I do believe in Jesus, but not the divine Jesus. I believe in Jesus, the man. I believe in the teachings that have been attributed to him. Be kind. Take care of others. Love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, always be there to do something for someone who could not do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and don't be mean, you know, just. Yeah. just don't be mean. These types of things. Yeah. I do not believe in the divinity. I do not believe in a God anymore. 
I believe that that God was misspelled at some point. It's probably should have always been spelled with two O's. Good. You know, they're good. That we, we should follow good. We should, you know, follow those things that are good for others and good for yourself. So I don't, yeah, I follow good. I don't follow God. And so there is something bigger than myself, but it's not a spiritual something. It's not a being, a, a creation that's sitting in heaven. It's, it's, it's the good of all. It's for the good of others. It's in service to others. Um, and, and that's why I'm very much drawn to the Democratic Party. Although they've got some screwed up stuff going on there. Also, <laughs> the basic premise of the, the Democratic Party as it is now is we need to take care of others. Mm-hmm. We need to be here yes. for those who cannot take care of themselves. Yes. So my, my following into politics is really a following into uh, a pathway into, into following good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and making that change, not just for the people around me, but for our country. Mm-hmm. Um, hatefulness has no place in the lives of Americans or, or the world. Um, not feeding the poor has no place in our country and in our government. You know, putting limitations on who can get married, right. where the love you know, has no place in our government. Um, being a country of immigrants and, and putting all of the limitations and all of the harshness and the rhetoric that goes around, quote unquote, uh, illegal immigrants. Uh-huh. Nobody's illegal. Think about That's how right. our country, but just think, let's go back to, to actually what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, you want to take this back to the Bible, let's do that. The, the Sodom and Gomorrah was not because those, those guys were gay. I mean, if they were gay, yeah. they wouldn't have offered their daughters up for rape. Right. You know, it was because they were inhospitable to right. people who needed them. Right. And for our country, our government, to be against people who need them mm-hmm. is contrary, very contrary not contrary, but contrary and contrary, I guess. Yes. Uh, to, to the works of the Christian faith that they, that they claim. That's what blows my mind. It's all supposed to be a God fearing country, but you're not doing anything that would be a Christian concept. You right. know, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And why do we have to be a God fearing country? Why can't we be a God loving country? Exactly. I've always, I've always disliked that even in God, we trust, you know, on the, on the license plates and stuff, it's like that, that sends a message that nothing else matters, you know, that it only has to be this path. And I believe that because I've, you know, I looked into Buddhism when I was done with the church and, um, you know, I've looked at lots of different religions. I have Jewish friends, you know, it's, you know, I, I always struggled with that concept that it's just one and done. You have to do it mm-hmm. this way. You can't do it any other way. You know, what about all the native Americans that have the great white spirit? I don't think right. God in that, that name is for everything and everybody. And the only reason somebody said to me, well, I, I really like your podcast, but I don't like the title because, you know, why does it have to be God? And I said, well, the title was because I couldn't say the word God for years. 
I was so disillusioned with how mm-hmm. we have all been treated that I couldn't do it. It would make me physically sick to say the word God. When I finally worked through all of my own inner homophobia, shame, doubt, I haven't worked through it all. I'm in my process of working through all of that. <laughs> Remember the waves, people. We got waves here. We're up, we're down. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I finally was able to say the word God and not have a visceral reaction to it. And it was like, wow, you know, I can be gay with God. I'm, I'm leaning into that, that I can do this. It is possible. I'm not going to hell with a handbasket. And then, so the, I started using that term in lots of different places. And then I thought, this has to be a podcast. I just feel so led to make this a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, you know, so I do understand your angst and I do understand, you know, being all in on some level and then having that be upended, you know, at St. Mm-hmm. Mary's, I remember the, I mean, remember the riff and I don't remember exactly why it happened. And I don't think any of us on the outside knew everything and that's fine. But I, I knew that there was such a riff and I was very unstable at that point to be able to, um, love Christine as the person who was the first one that ever said to me, you can be gay with God and you're not going to hell to love Mm -hmm. you guys and have a relationship with you guys. And it was like, I, I just don't know what to do. (laughs) I don't know what's (laughs) happening. And I just had to back out because it was like, I didn't know what was wrong and how this was going down downhill so fast, but it wasn't just that situation. It was just the church in general. Yeah. There was no other place that we could go. Mm-hmm. Where I, I mean, that's the first place I've ever seen people holding hands. That was the first place I ever saw people kissing. You know, it was the first place that I found that there were actually professional people that were gay and not just all the hookers on the side of the street. <laughs> I mean, right. the way that people always told me about, you know, exactly. And you didn't see any sex with animals. No, I did not. Not one time. <laughs> was that in the background? And I know you were disappointed at <laughs> <in> that. <laughs> But I was also in that woods, you know, I told, it was, it was on another podcast that um, my, my therapist, I don't know if you know her, Donna Allred, um, she was the one that helped Sue realize that we didn't pray the gay away. <laughs> she was going to be gay for always. And, and so then I got into therapy to figure out why that scared the Shatola out of me. And then, um, and then she sent me to Christine's church and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're sending me to a gay minister to find, to tell me that it's okay to be gay. I said, how's that going to be helpful? <laughs> so, so I'd have, you know, my big fundamentalist question list for Christine when I met her in her little office and we met for a long time. I do that with all ministers. I bring up this list and, uh-huh. and then she invited me to church and she said, you just go on down this path. I said, into the woods. She said, yeah, she said, it's a Unitarian church and they're very, they believe in nature. And I'm like, okay. So I drove my little self one time to the, and I was sitting in the parking lot and I could not get out of the truck. I couldn't do it. I don't know how long I sat there, but I think it was Christine that finally came out and she said, are you coming in? I said, I I don't know. And she said, well, why don't I just introduce you to a few people? And if you want to leave, you can leave, but why don't you get out the truck and come on? And she introduced me to Karen and, you know, know, she's, she gave her profession and, and several people that were standing in my head, I'm going, oh my God, these are like real people. (laughs) It was so painful. (laughs) It's so scary. (laughs) But, and I don't know if you remember the story where, um, 
um, she had told somebody, I can't remember that girl's name, but she had told somebody, you know, Mia just coming tonight and she's a little shaky and, um, you know, she's the blonde girl and she, and sit with her and help her out. And the girl thought she said I was blind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the whole time we're there, she's trying to touch my arm to get me to stand up. And, and I'm like, oh my God, she's hitting on me. <laughs> and she's like, do you want me to help you down to commute? No, I don't want, no. Because <laughs> they were doing prayer down front. And she said, do you want me to take it for prayer? No, don't. And it wasn't until later that she realized that I was blonde and not blind. <laughs> I still came back another Sunday. I was seeking. I was a seeker. <laughs> very good and you stayed stayed. i did i did stay yes and yeah yeah so so through all of this journey that you've had i mean has your family ever like are you out to your family oh yes 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 okay so um oh yeah that's a big portion of it isn't it Um, (laughs) maybe for some i don't know (laughs) so when penny and i actually made the commitment to each other okay this is this is what we're this is who we are Mm -hmm. um and this is who we're going to be for the rest of our lives. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I flipped another straight one. I, I, so I had another to- toaster <laughs> in the pantry, uh, making money off of these. All things. heterosexuals' worst nightmares. Just get Kathy meets your daughter. <laughs> exactly, or your wife, or your wife. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and at this point, we—I had given her—we had exchanged rings, not really in a, in a ceremony, but like mm-hmm. I had given her a ring, and she'd given me one to wear. But at different times. So, but it was it wasn't as a as a ceremony. It was just, um, and so we had gone up to my parents who lived in the D.C. area at that time, um, and we had gone up to bed. You know, we had gone with the intention of telling my folks, okay, mm-hmm. it's time to it's time to let them know yeah. who this woman is in my life and who I am. Um, but you know, it's a six hour drive basically. So we got there that evening. We were tired. We we're going to do it the next day, and so we went on up to my old you know, childhood bedroom, well, yep. teenage, because again, military. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was a bed, that bedroom that was assigned to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wore, I always had a watch and my rings and stuff like that. And I would take my rings and thread them, my watch through them and mm-hmm. then buckle the watch. So it didn't, I didn't lose the rings. Mm-hmm. When my mom came up and she saw my watch and she saw the ring on my watch. And she goes, mm-hmm. well, this is pretty. Where'd you get this? I thought, well, here we go. Uh, so, <laughs> Staying up so I late. Said, I said, I said, Penny gave it to me. Now we're we're in bed at this point. She and I are in bed together. You know, we were changing, and mom just came up. I don't know why. She, uh-huh. I don't know why she came up. She just did. She hadn't really done that ever before. Uh-huh. So she came up, and um, I said, well, Penny gave it to me. She goes, well, that's pretty. What was the occasion? I said, she loves me. She goes, oh, well, okay. And I said, no, mom. She loves me and I love her. I said, we're, we're together. And she goes, together? I said, yeah, we're in love with each other. I, I'm gay, mom. And she said, I'm going to go get your father. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it now. <laughs> we're still in bed. In oh, my gosh. Oh, no. And my dad comes up. And so my mom and dad are there and we explain again. And at this point, I'm like, don't hate me. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not much of a crier, but I was crying at this point. Uh-huh. And I'm like, don't hate me. My mom said, hate you. 
And my dad said, and his name for me is Kitty Boo. <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway, he said, Kitty Boo, we love you. We would never hate you. And then he looked at Penny and he said, and we love you too. Oh, wow. And that was just, I mean, and at some level, I knew that's how my parents would be. But on another level, having heard some of the other things, they yeah. just kind of thrown out there. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't 100% sure. And it's always scary to disappoint your parents. Uh-huh. You know, because uh-huh. you know they're expecting the white dress and the picket fence and the two yeah. and a half kids. And, you know, that you know that's what they're expecting. Yeah. And for them to not get that, um, although Penny and I give them, did give them the marriage and the two kids, and because yeah. that's who our family is. Um, but, but that was, you know, that was very much, uh, welcomed mm-hmm. and, um, and again, the timing for me now is, so that was, I mean, that was, they, we, you know, Peyton played, cry, cry, carried on, Peyton played, revisited, you know, the whole <laughs> type of thing. And so that, I mean, that went well, my parents have always been very accepting. Um, they were the type of parents that would not lock the door if we were late. Mm. we were locked in the next weekend <laughs> but we were never locked out uh-huh. um they wanted us there they wanted us you know to always and this is your home it's mm-hmm. not just your house this is your home um and so I knew that so for me even even for me coming up in that kind of environment it was scary as shit to come out mm-hmm. to my parents oh yeah um and then I had my siblings now I cannot remember the order of this one at one point, I wrote my brother, Bill, who was at NYU at the time, um, and told him that this is Penny and I, da 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 and I mailed it, and I didn't hear from him. Oh. I didn't hear from him. I didn't hear from him. I didn't hear from him. The damn letter had gotten lost somewhere, oh. and like four weeks later, it was delivered to my brother. Oh, wow. Who read it and immediately picked up the phone and said, I love you. And I'm glad you're happy. Um, so that was great. And, and at one point, I forgot my parents had said, you know, we knew. We knew. Like, you knew. Why didn't you tell me? Exactly. <laughs> you have known <laughs> my entire life, probably, who I yep. am, but you have not told me. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they, you know, and they just kind of laugh through that. But because they always talk about my little waddle as a as a toddler. That wasn't my waddle. I was that was my dyke walk. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it took them a while to to so they did say you are your love, da, da 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 da. But you know, parents, we have our entire lives to come out. Yeah. Parents hear it and are expected to be accepting and loving and understanding right then and there. Now I had 23 years to deal with this and to come out. My parents have had five minutes. Yeah. You know, parents have a coming out process too. Yes. And so it was, they were, they were embarrassed. They were, you know, they didn't know how to handle it, but they loved me and they, they loved Penny and they, they loved us and they were not going to do anything, but it did take them. And it was frustrating for me, the slowness of how some of that, the rest of it happened. Yeah. Um, and my, my mom still has trouble referring to Penny as my wife. Mm. Um, and she's, she refers to me as the man. 
you know, <laughs> although now my mom is 80, will be 87, 88 in mm-hmm. November. She's got dementia. And mm-hmm. so a lot of this is now kind yeah. of a, so, you know, at one point she was visiting over here and, you know, we have animals, we have five mm-hmm. animals, three cats, two dogs. And she was sitting, um, using the toilet in the front bathroom. And there was some cat fur on the cat glitter. Thank you. On the baseboard uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. She, she said, well, you know, what did she say? Oh, she said, you've got some fur on the baseboards. You know, women notice that when we sit down, you might not have. <laughs> you being gay and all, you don't look at things like that. <laughs> you, being, you being male. Thinking, like standing up peeing in the toilet like oh my gosh oh my gosh but now she has dementia at this point you know that sort yeah. of thing so she so gets I a get pass <laughs> yes she she does get a pass and she even says the word gay now at one point hey. you know she said she said oh i like because we had gone up tim and the davises and i had gone up for gay pride mm-hmm. and we were staying at mom's house because again she's you come in. We're not going to lock you up. Um, and so we'd been staying at mom's house. And she looked at me at one point. And she says, well, your friends are really nice, even if they're weird. And I said, weird? She goes, yeah, you know, weird. And she kind of fluttered her hand. It kind of, in a, just, you know what I'm talking about, weird. I said, do you mean gay, mom? She goes, she hung her head. She goes, yes. <laughs> it's the first time she'd ever said the word. Wow. In, in relationship. Wow. Baby I mean, steps. Yeah, baby steps. So that's when <laughs> parents need to be allowed yeah. time to come out also. But now at this time, you know, I am totally, I'm still in it with St. Mary's. This is all St. Mary's time. Mm-hmm. And so you know what happens after that. Um, but so so coming out has been kind of a kind of a different journey than a lot of people feel. I have a I have two sisters. And a brother. My brother is more left than I am. Uh, he is. Mm. I am very left, and he's two or three steps left. Lefter. <laughs> lefter <laughs> than you. <laughs> I've got a sister who is. My parents were, were pretty centrist. They're, they're Republicans, but they're centrist Republicans, but not Trumplicans. Okay. Um, my dad passed away several years ago, but this is where my mom is. But this is, you know, they were very centrist. I've got a sister who's a little to the right of them, and then I've got a sister who is. You, she's so far right, you know, I, I can't, mm. I can't see her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how far right she is. Yeah. Now, she was married to Dan at the time, um, who has since passed on, but she and she and Dan just took great issue with Penny and me. Great mm-hmm. issue. Um, they would come up and try to preach to us. And mm. this is all wrong. And I'm like, you got to go. I'm not talking about this with you. And right. Dan would. Dan, I mean, Kelly wouldn't come up as much as Dan would um, come up, but by coming up, I mean, up the stairs to, mm-hmm. to the room we were in. Um, and he would try to, you know, preach. I said, Dan, I'm not talking about this with you. I'm not, I'm just not going to have this conversation with you. Um, you're never going to see it my way. I will never see it your way. Right. And I'm just not going to have a conversation with you because we have to have a relationship because you're married to my sister. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not going to have this conversation with you. Well, it, they wrote this big old long five-page letter mm. to us and, and handed it to us as we were walking out the door. Now this, now this is this is what was going on at the time. My brother was married to a uh, Swiss woman, and 
her brother had been in a severe accident that weekend and they were trying to get out of the house and get home. He did. He was in, he probably wasn't going to survive oh. that type of thing. So, so our family is all of a sudden trying to get them together. And, and this is the, the same, this is like, it's not the same time I came out to my parents, but fairly close oh. um, to the time. And um, they were, they were trying very hard to get out of the house, get to the airport, get back to Switzerland. And this is the weekend at the time that Dan chose to try to have a conversation with Penny and me while Bill is, and his wife are going through all of this. And so our house is in a bit of a, oh my God, I hope he's okay. Da, 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 da. And this is when Dan is choosing to have this conversation with me. And so I said, I'm not going to have this, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not ever going to talk to you about this. But right now, this is when you're choosing to confront me about this, about your beliefs. This, I said, well, first of all, your timing sucks. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I will never have this conversation with you. And I think at one point I told him to go fuck himself. I don't know. He <laughs> didn't appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> not. <laughs> but but that, was, that was the time frame. Saturday morning we were trying to do this. And then I guess sometime after Bill and his wife left, and they wrote this five-page letter. And we always leave leaving on Sunday morning to come back. I had to work on Monday. And so as we were leaving, he said, well, I know you won't talk to me, but, but read this. And so Penny and I just stuck it in the car and we drove off. And then we stopped at a restaurant and we started reading. And it was all the, the scripture shit that goes on. Uh-huh. With, you know, all of that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm like, I, I can't combat this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just can't believe it. But I can't combat it intellectually. Um, and, you know, I'm a very intellectual type of person. That's, that's, uh-huh. I, I live in my head, really, yeah. intellectually yeah. more than my heart. Um, uh-huh. So I was like, I can't, I, I can't even deal with this bullshit. Uh-huh. And so we just threw the letter away and we kept on going and, you know, just kind of yeah. forget them. Um, yeah. And so, you know, my, 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 when he died, um, my sister began coming around. They were very much in this church of the man is the, the authority, uh-huh. you know, the husband, yeah. you, he makes the decisions, da, 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 da. Um, they didn't have Christmas trees. They didn't have, you know, any wow. of that. But when he passed away, now my sister, yes, they have eight kids that they've adopted. Well, adopted six, had to. Um, but she started having Christmas trees and Christmas presents and all of that sort of thing started coming around. Uh-huh. Um, you still don't celebrate Santa because Santa rearranged to Satan. And we just can't have that in our house. Okay. Um, couldn't watch um, Lion King because there was a witch doctor in the Lion King. That is still <clears throat> that is still part of who she. She's very very much right. She is a Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah. As smart as she is, I don't know how, but anyway. But we have worked through that. We don't talk about. Uh-huh. It. We uh-huh. haven't really worked through it. That's a lie. We don't talk. Yeah, about yeah we just don't talk um, about it. at all. We, yeah. we don't ever talk religion and we don't talk politics when she's yeah. around. Yeah. And um, that's a, that's a pact that the family has basically made yeah. um, in order to kind of keep the peace yeah. at the house. Yeah. Um, and we have to, because yeah. I love my sisters. I love, well, one's, one's not as bad, but yeah, I love my sister, even though she's out of her freaking mind. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love every member of my family, and I and we don't want to be estranged. 
Yeah. And so we have made a pact among the family. We just don't talk about religion. We don't talk about you know politics mm-hmm. with certain members of the family when they're there. Yeah. Um, the whole family accepts Penny now. Even my sister Kelly has started when she addressed like thank you notes. It used mm-hmm. to be one thank you note to me, one th- thank you note to Penny for the exact same gift. Oh wow. um, yeah, but now the, the thank you notes come in addressed to Penny and Kathy. Oh wow. So she, she's moved. She she's has moved a little bit. And so we there is a peace in the house. Now for me, religion, again, I've already just told you I believe in good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the interesting thing though is when I'm really upset about something, I revert to listening to the music. Mm-hmm. Which I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Sandy Patty is mm-hmm. is, is, is the one person that I will turn to when things are emotionally tight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll listen to her, you know, her music at that point. Um, and finding it, she's been kicked out of the church just for her divorce, you know, mm-hmm. and for her to have been, but then anyway, her music just always spoke to me because yeah. I like it. It's her music is so big and so grand. It found a way to touch, touch me emotionally. Yeah. And and so I find it interesting that when I get upset, I'm going to, I'm going to play some Sandy Patty as religious as it is, not believing a word that's there, but connecting you know, with the music of her music at that point. Somebody said one time, and I'll butcher this a little bit, um, but, and Father Joe has said it, that when, when you are so much in despair that you have no words, God hears your tears. And that it's not that you're not praying, but that, that, you know, God hears, God knows. Okay. The, mm-hmm. But of course you'd have to believe in God, but, but the, the other thing that makes, makes sense to me when I heard you say that, because I'm very connected to music. And I think that's almost like the heartstrings that our heart feels the music, even though we may not I just believe that the music touches souls and our souls don't need language. Our souls don't need right mm-hmm. and wrong. Our souls are just connected to the creator of whatever it is, right. whatever created right. all of this. I can't, I can't go as far as to say, I believe two rocks banging together created this intricate body that has all these wonderful things that have, I think it's gotta be some sort of intelligence. I love, <laughs> I love that new show that, um, alien, something about aliens. Um, I don't know, but, it, but it talks about aliens creating a lot of things, but it's like, oh, oh no. okay. who knows at this point I was four and I asked who made God, nobody told me. So I get to make up anything else I want. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, all right. So, so anyway, but I, I, I love the fact that your heart strings are still being pulled to that emotional place that is so hard for you to go to, because I think that's pure. I think that the soul is the purest part of who we are mm-hmm. and that it has great wisdom, whether we understand it or not. Right. So let me ask you this final question. If you, again, if you hang on a second, ahead. Before you, I just, the, um, that reporter is going to be calling me in a minute. So I'm okay. I might have to just stop and tell her, give me 15 or something. Okay. So you know well, let's happening. give me, okay. So you give me your, uh, yeah, that's fine. So you give me your, your answer to this. If you if you come across someone else who is struggling in a way to, to put it all together, being gay with God or even without God, you know, what would you say to that struggling soul that has thought of suicide, you know, doesn't know how to make it work together? What would be your response to them? Hmm. I don't know. I tend to 
I tend to talk whatever talk they're needing to hear, mm-hmm. whether I believe it or not. Right. Um, so if they are talking about not feeling close to God um, or, or can't be gay and God, I immediately try to speak to that within them, mm-hmm. no matter what I believe, mm-hmm. um, because it's not to me to convert them one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's for me to help them through what they are going through in a way that will connect with them. Yes. So we can, you know, I, 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 I ask questions. I'm more of a question asker at this point, mm-hmm. you know, what, what about God do you think does not love you? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what parts of God do you think love you? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and why, what, why are you discounting this? What, I don't say why, cause that's a judgment question, but I would phrase, you know, like, so you, you, this part of God loves you. You are connected with this. What reasons have you thought about and rejected for this part of God, not loving you or, or God, not loving this part of you? Mm-hmm. What sorts of things go through your head? You know, why do you think that is going through your head? Mm-hmm. Um, those sorts of things. And I, and, and I can't give you any specific answer because it was very much tailored mm-hmm. to whoever the person is. But Perfect. I try to talk their language, no matter what my personal beliefs are. Yeah. Um, and, and it's more of trying to connect with them. And I can connect one-on-one emotion with people and just, I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm like totally not. You're really, not void of emotion. <laughs> emotional of my, with myself. I understand. But I can't, you know, does that make yeah, sense? It certainly and so does. I try to connect with them on an emotional level. And so I, I don't really, you know, I, I just start talking passionately about who I am in my, in my journey that, that yes, I, I am an alcoholic. I don't drink anymore, but I am an alcoholic. I have mm-hmm. done the drugs. It has apparently been very hard for me to accept who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that coming out on the other side, I know that the journey was very much different for me than other people. I can say that good God pulled me through it. And actually it wasn't God. I think it was the music. Mm-hmm. That pulled me through it at the height of my alcoholism, at the height when mm-hmm. I was trying to get clean, I bury myself in the music. Mm-hmm. And so I would feel through that. So I don't, I honestly can't give you a one word answer or yeah. a great answer of what I would say, what I do say to people. I've mm-hmm. helped teachers come out because um, mm-hmm. me, I've been very out since basically 87 mm-hmm. in the school system. I've been very out wherever mm-hmm. I am. And I have definitely helped teachers who have sought me out. I, I haven't done students, you know, you have to be real careful with that. Oh yeah. Um, and I oh, haven't yeah. had students that actually asked for help coming out, but mm-hmm. I've had teachers and, and, and I talk their language. So yes, God, God does love you. Mm-hmm. And in my head, it may be good loves you, but God mm-hmm. does love you. This is what God has done in your life. And, and I haven't said it to them, but I recast what they have said, what good things are going on in your life. Mm-hmm. What do you feel with this woman mm-hmm. that has made your heart sing? Mm-hmm. What has what has happened with the two of you that have made that has made you feel like you can't live without her? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why do you think that God has not embraced that? Why do you think God has not put that in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why do you think that only the bad parts of God are working 
mm-hmm. in you as opposed to the love of God working in you. You know, this is what you've you told me you are. This this is what you tell me you are with her. You know, why is that not God? Mm-hmm. And talking their language. Now, if they're not a, a, a God person, then I can say it in other ways. Right. You know, right. but but if 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 connecting with them is 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 God and that's the issue that they're having, I can right. talk that. Yeah. All day long because you were there. <laughs> I was there. I was there. Now just because I think now we're just whatever handling of the masses is a different thing. Um but again I can talk that because what I go to is what I felt, what I feel in the music. Right. What I feel well, in the music. I can take that and send it back out. Yes. And say the right words, whether I'm feeling the words or not, I can say the right words, but the, the connection for me is how did I feel in that moment? Right. Yeah. How did I feel in that moment? What was I doing? And the music comes back to me. And that's what always comes back to me is the music piece of this. And that I can connect enough to get passionate and impassionate uh, with somebody else who is talking God, because I can come back to this is where I was at that moment. Mm-hmm. And this is where they are now. That's that beautiful. Sense. That's beautiful. Yes. You're fully present and, and attentional, intentional for them. And that's beautiful. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much. This has been a delightful conversation and I just love you so much. I really do. So and I love um, you too. And I, I appreciate you allowing me to do this, even though I'm not, a, a, I'm basically a non-believer at this point. You know what? Believer in good. You are love. And I think that's what, what matters most. I think love is the answer. And I, I know that sounds like we're in the seventies or the sixties again. It's, love is the answer, but I think it is. Love. I think all, I think if everyone would just do what love would do or what good yeah. would do, we would have no problems. So I thank you so much for honoring us with your faith journey. And it was an amazing, an amazing story. And for those of you who are listening, I thank you very much for showing up and uh, hold on later. And you can find out how you can be in the Gay With God community. And remember that for all of us, whether we're believers or not believers, if you are authentically gay, um, God was always within you. And whether you knew it or not, you were always gay with God. Stay tuned. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.